The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders, with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. This is the Nonprofit Hour program here on X-Ray FM. The show is brought to us by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. I'm Jason Dennington. On today's show, we'll be featuring a couple of organizations that have been working to promote arts and music education for children here in Portland and across the country. Just over a week ago at the Alberta Rose Theater was a benefit concert that raised money for these two nonprofits, On Stage for Kids and Ethos. Performing that night was a Michigan songwriter and 2015 finalist on NBC's The Voice Show, Joshua Davis, with a group of spectacular musicians in his backing band. The previous day, we had the pleasure of speaking to Joshua in our studio about the organization he co-founded named On Stage for Kids, and he brought along the whole band to perform some live songs for us as well. Later, we had the opportunity to speak with Adam Goodwin of Portland music education nonprofit Ethos, who had partnered with Joshua Davis in the days prior to the Alberta Rose concert to bring the group of musicians to several schools in the area for performances and talks with the students. First up, we have a couple of news items to share with you. Coming up this Sunday, we have our next Nonprofit Hour live show at the Waypost at 3120 North Williams. This month's show recording will be starting one hour earlier at 4 p.m. so that you can come down and enjoy our live show and still have plenty of time to head out to your Oscars party afterwards. At Sunday's event, we will be speaking to City Council candidate and Reading Frenzy founder Chloe Udaly on her thoughts about the intersection of the nonprofit world and government in addressing the needs of our communities. Khalil Edwards of the Portland PFLAG Black Chapter about the unique distinctions of the LGBT experience from an African-American perspective and their new campaign, Black Love Matters. And a whole performance group from the Portland Gay Men's Chorus to tell us about their upcoming show about the blues, as well as playing for us some of the songs from the show. So come on out this Sunday to join us at 4 p.m. at the Waypost on North Williams for the Nonprofit Hour live show. Next, we'd like to share with you a phone conversation I had earlier with Mary Pevito of Neighbors for Clean Air. We've been hearing a great deal in the news lately about the air quality impacts in Southeast Portland and Rose City Sumner areas linked to glass manufacturing facilities. She spoke to us about these reports, as well as some legislative action taking place in the state capitol on Tuesday. So uh, we're joined today by phone with Mary Pevedo of Neighbors for Clean Air to talk to us about some recent occurrences in our community and some upcoming events that will be related to that. Mary, welcome to the Nonprofit Hour. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, we've been hearing a lot in the news lately, uh, even going back a little ways, um, about some of the controversy of coal trains coming through the neighborhood, and now, most recently, some information that's coming out of DEQ about some glass production facilities in 
southeast Portland that have been having a dramatic effect on the air quality in our community. Can you tell us a little bit about that background in history? Sure. I mean, I've known about the problem of um, Portland air toxics since 2009 when it was my neighborhood of my children's school, but also because I sat on um, the Department of Environmental Quality's uh, Portland Air Toxic Solutions Advisory Committee. So we know that the state has known for, you know, over 10 years that there are many toxics, 17 in fact, that exceed health-based limits in our Portland metro airshed. And some of the the recent uh, reports that have been coming in the news are showing some of these toxins in the air to be not just one or two factors, but sometimes hundreds of factors higher than what the EPA deems safe. Yes, exactly. And again, the the state has known for a long time that these things exist. Um, diesel particulates, for example, you know, put the most people at risk across our region. But these local highly localized industrial toxic hotspots really do fall through the cracks um, on information. So this latest crisis, neighborhood level crisis, is is just endemic of the the problem we have with state regulators at really um, protecting us from the risk of air toxics. Now, you work with the organization Neighbors for Clean Air. Can you tell us a little bit about the organization and what they are doing in this current situation? So Neighbors for Clean Air, our organization was founded by the parents, um, neighbors around my child's school, um, when we discovered that, you know, the, the system was rigged against communities. And so we founded our organization to do what regulators wouldn't, which was to um, find ways to reduce toxic pollution in our neighborhoods. So we are very uh, um, concerned. We've been working on this for a long time. And so the latest effort by Southeast parents to address this risk Um, We hope to give them what we didn't have, which are the resources and the understanding of why this is so wrong to help them quickly cut to the solutions. And what sort of uh, progresses have you been making on this front? And what sort of uh, things are coming up right now that can be done to address this? So we've been working with, um, you know, really ended up kind of on our own. Again, regulators not doing this work, so we've been on our own to work through, you know, sort of do-it-yourself, good neighbor agreements to address air emission regulations and requirements that companies like ESCO, Bigger, Intel could do on their own. Um, We've also tried to use the uh, nuisance laws and rules um, at you know, for the benefit of communities that live close to these facilities. But all of that has just really been too little um, to go up against the huge problem that we face. And so, you know, I think that this community will have some, some you know, really effective ways to address their local, you know, hotspot. And, and I, I continue to work with them, but we really need our state leaders to fix this broken system. Um, I'm very... Uh, heartened to hear, you know, we've talked to to folks down in Salem um, for many years on this, and I'm really heartened to see a move towards, uh, you know, calling an immediate information session in the House on the air pollution crisis. We'll be there next week on Tuesday, the 23rd at 8 a.m. to testify to this problem, and we need to fix this broken system now. So speaking of the legislature, what is the action and that's going to be taking place in Salem on Tuesday? Can you explain in a little more detail? 
Yeah, so the House Energy and Environment Committee has called for an informational session um, on this issue, on the air quality crisis in Portland uh, for next Tuesday at their 8 a.m. committee, regularly scheduled committee time. So we will be down there to provide testimony. The informational session just differs from a hearing because, you know, at this late in the session, they really there is no possibility to introduce a bill at this point. Um, but they are going to be looking hard at this. There's a lot of history in our conversations with state leaders on this problem. And I think they're, they, they really want to get answers from people both on, you know, how this problem, uh, you know, how yet another crisis has happened and what are the solutions, most importantly, that are recommended to get us out of this. And can you tell our listeners who would be interested in getting more involved themselves, how they can find out more about your organization, how they can find out more about the the facts of the current situation and uh, what they could do in regards to action in Salem if they wanted to participate? Yeah, we really want people to join us in Salem next week. And we are even um, going to have a bus leaving from Cleveland High School and possibly another location um, to help people get down to Salem. So please uh, ping us on Facebook, Neighbors for Clean Air, um, and let us know that if you're interested. But also importantly, we have a petition at what in our air.org and this is the message to the governor that we'll be taking to Salem next week as well so while we talk to the legislature at the information session we also plan to stop by the governor's office and drop this petition and we already have thousands of signatures and we really need to um, get everybody's name signed on to that to show our, our leadership our governor how important this is to people so please um, find out more information at what's in our air.org or our Facebook page. Um, we really do want to connect with anybody who is living in any community that they feel is impacted by toxic air pollution. Great. Well, thank you, Mary, for being on our show today and for letting us know about these issues. And good luck in, with everything down in Salem next week. And thank you for keeping a spotlight on this very important issue. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Now we turn to our interview with Joshua Davis of On Stage for Kids. His band performed live in the studio for us, and today we'll start out with a song. In a hundred burned out cars In a house up in the Catskills And all the honky-tonks and bars And all the way across the airways And all the way around this land Ghost of Richard Manuel is Walking like a natural man Campfire, we got hound homemade wine. Passed around the guitar and tried to sing Whispering Pine. And in every sweet falsetto that was more than I could stand was the ghost of 
Richard Maggie Walters Walking like a natural man Hey, along the keys of my piano Then the kick and then the snare In a guignol kiss on the parlor tricks And then the hound dog's hungry stare well, it's getting frozen up in Canada Burned down in the Southland But the ghost of Richard Manuel Walking like a natural man Full of nicotine poets, free harmony guitars, and a shop worn tack piano, 32 bars. Young moving trollers in the corner, spinning Alexander's ragtime band, and the ghost Richard Manuel is walking like a natural man. Hey, hey, Richard. Hey, Richard Oh, Richard, won't you sing us Tears of rage Just one more time Phil Bussey, it's the Nonprofit Hour. We just heard uh, a song. Joshua Davis is joining us in the studio. Welcome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, t tell us a little bit about, uh, you crowded uh, a number of people into a very small studio here, and, and just talk a little bit about that song. Uh, yeah, you know, um, that's a song called The Ghost of Richard Manuel, and it's a song that I wrote um, kind of as, as, a, as an homage to uh, Richard Manuel, who's the piano player of the band, the band, um, and one of the singers who's a big inspiration of mine um uh, I, I grew up listening to the band and uh it's, it's uh it kind of uh, that amalgamation of those kind of tr traditional american musics that they that they kind of all you know melt together and, and and make into rock and roll is, is really amazing to me um and so yeah so we played uh we played that tune um and we had yeah we had a bunch of people in here uh, my band is is uh i think my my greatest talent is surrounding myself with with amazing people so um, we had uh, Mike Shimon playing cajon. We had uh, Dominic John Davis playing bass, and uh, and the Reverend Mike Lynch on on the accordion. We're all squeezed into this into this nice little space. Joshua, we're we're going to take a couple steps back here to explain why you're in Portland, why you're in the studio. I mean, because you you're you're coming from Michigan, you're here in Portland, uh, and we're going to talk about really three different nonprofits that you work with uh, on stage for kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Ethos, yep. which is a Portland base, which a lot of our listeners will be familiar with. And then we're going to talk with a third nonprofit uh, that that when you were traveling in Palestine, West Bank, 
uh, inspired you to record your latest album. Absolutely. So that was a lot of information we just threw <laughs> at people. So we're gonna we're gonna roll through that a little bit slower. And and I, what I want to start actually is, um, you've been making your living decade and a half from from music, uh, but how did you get started? Uh, you know, I, I I had music in the house when I was a kid. Um, my uh, my mom was a poet. My my uh, and my parents always took me to to music festivals. I grew up in Detroit. Um, and uh, there's always music festivals at Harp Plaza in Detroit, uh, Blues Fest and, and Caribbean music festivals and, and um, you know, country music festivals and bluegrass festivals and, and blues. And, and I mean, it just, you know, um, we would just go because it was we we were not uh, we didn't have much money and it was a, a free thing to do. You know, you just go and uh, free music. And so I kind of grew up surrounded by by that, by um you know, by that by by the fire of that and the and and the the. You know, a, a big piece of that, of those festivals, is um, a lot of the artists, you know, see music as as uh, useful as, as a community gathering point, as a, as a uh, you know, a drum for, for people to march to, um, you know. And uh, so that's something that, that has been in, you know, in, in my music from, from, from when I was, you know, first started. It was, I love to see... Um, you know, I, I saw a guy with a guitar, um, um, and you know, a bunch of people were singing. He was bringing people together with music, and, and in my mind, those two things just went so well together that, uh, you know, that's that's how I wanted to, to to do it. That's how I wanted to make my living. And so, yeah, my music and values are very much in line. Um, and uh, and you know, it's it's been it's been wonderful. You know, it's been a wonderful trip. It's been uh, I've met incredible people. I've gotten a chance to go lots of different places. I've worked with great organizations. Um, you know, I've got a chance to do what I love, to to live according to my values, and to to make a decent living, and it's it's uh, I feel really grateful for that. And and specifically, I mean, you're you're in Portland to and do some performances for Ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about Ethos, and talk to me about mm-hmm. why that matters to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Uh, I co-founded an organization called On Stage for Kids. It's, a, it's an organization, organization, excuse me, in Michigan. Um, what we do is, is uh, basically we bring career musicians into schools. Um, a lot of times, rural in Michigan, you know, rural school schools, uh, underprivileged kids, um, and we expose them to to what we do as creatives, our lives as creatives, um, how we love what we do. We talk about community. We talk about communication. Um, we talk about uh, how our lives have been as creatives and in music, um, and it's been a really successful program. And um, we got hooked up with with Ethos. We found out about Ethos um, through the Begonia Foundation, which um, is a foundation that uh, that helps that you know helps both our programs out. And um, so Ethos is a is a wonderful organization that does a similar thing, uh, although they've been around for a very long time and they have incredible roots here in Portland. I mean, I think they've been around for 20 years or so. Um, I mean, the numbers on it are crazy. The the amount of, of kids that they've helped is after school music education programs, um, a lot of sliding scale stuff, um, you know. And right now, in our society, you know, in, in the U.S., music education and arts education is is not um, unfortunately seen as a necessity. And uh, in my mind, it is a necessity, and it's 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 so very important. So. Um, you know, organizations like Ethos are kind of picking up the slack. Um, and what we're trying to do is, is, you know, partner with, with the music programs in the schools when we can. We don't want to be the outsource. You know, we want to be somebody that comes in and is, is, is helping and boost that and is, is partnering and, and, you know, shedding light on that and getting the kids to get excited about music. Yeah, and I want to talk more about On Stage for Kids uh, a little bit later in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as as much fun as it is to talk about music, how about we have, hear another song 
from you guys. Can you set this up? I think that I can. Um, yes, I think we're gonna we're gonna play you a, a, a brand new tune. This is a song that we recorded um, just a just a month or a couple months ago. Um, it's gonna be released on a seven inch record um, next month, I think. And uh, it's called "Always Gonna Be Here for You." Great, and just recorded earlier today in the X Ray Studios. <laughs> I got dirt on my nails and it takes still cold Maybe a little ragged but I'm ready to go Just give me a call and I'll be on the next train through Don't worry baby I'm always gonna be here My love is like the sun, my love is like the moon My love will stick with you like a Beach Boys tune You can wear out the record but the melody rings true Tapping on a rhythm on your window pane. Oh, all I got is time. There's nothing you can do to make me change my mind. Yes, some doors close when the clock turns five. You can wake me up in the middle of the night. You won't need cash. Credit when the red checks due. I'll never leave you waiting, girl. I'm always gonna be here for you. Some guys who want to hold you like a baseball bat Honey, I'll hold you, but I'll never hold you back You can steal from the plate Sugar, you can scuff off my shoe You can fly free, know what I'm always gonna be here for you I'm gonna be here for you Steady as the rain Tapping out a rhythm on your window Oh, all I got is time There's nothing you can do to make me change No matter which way you turn Or how many bridges you burn I find a way through I'm always gonna be here for you If everything they told you turned out to be lies Heaven freezes over and the rivers run dry But don't ever doubt This much is true I'll never leave you waiting Now I'm always gonna be here for you Take your time, I'm always gonna be with you. Yeah, don't worry, baby, I'm always gonna be here. Awesome. Fantastic song. I mean, it's just it's it's catchy, uh, <laughs> it, it it takes you away. Um, you know, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about some of the influences on your life. Was was there a particular musician? You've played with so many incredible musicians. Uh, I yeah. mean, marquee names. And right. is there one that you can pick out or talk about that that helped you think about the blueprint for your own career in terms of both playing music and using it to uh, impact and inspire other people? Uh, whether for getting into music or just in their own lives. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Lynch. 
He's he's my he's my keyboard player. He's my accordion player. He's the guy that um, uh, kind of was you know when when I first started playing music professionally, he was somebody that I started playing with. But he was he had been doing it for for longer than I had, and um, he kind of um, the way that he dealt with people, the way that he worked with people, um, was was so respectful and so positive and so um, you know he's such a mentor to so many people in Michigan. Um, and now I get to play with him all the time. He's, he's like my right hand man, and, and that's that's an amazing amazing feeling because um, he's such an inspiration to me in so many ways. I mean, uh, he's a, kind of the cornerstone of a community in music scene in Michigan. Um, he's a mentor, like I said, to so many people. And um, in my life, I think it's really important that I conduct I conduct my life, I conduct my business, I conduct my art in a way that's really intentional and very um, respectful of others and very. Um, you know, I, I like. You know, I want to treat others like like I want to be treated, of course. And and those those ways that we treat other people, those those bridges that we build, and, and the networks that we build, um, are the networks that 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 uh, help us out when we fall, and 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 you know are always going to be there. So, um, Mike Mike was really a, a really core core person in helping me, you know, find out how to be a professional musician yeah and, and and in some ways also what you're talking about before your values aligning with your music it, it also seems like uh on a quick take on it and the accordion player like he lends really something to your songs uh almost a, a little bit of a zydeco flavor but without overtaking the song yeah yeah i mean he's, he's a that's the thing he's a great in- instrumentalist um but uh, but he thinks about the song more than anything else and and he he was kind of spotlighting on, on accordion here just because we don't have much space, but he usually plays he plays keyboard, he plays ham and organ, he plays piano, so that's his main stuff. The accordion um, is is amazing, but we brought it in so that uh, we could we could all fit in here. <laughs> and I, I want to talk about something else that's recently happened. You you were on NBC's The Voice. Yeah, that did happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I I would think that uh, why did it happen? Why why did you want to do that? And then how did it go? Uh, for those that didn't tune sure, in. Sure, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I I got a call um, from from The Voice and uh, my my good friends, the the, the Sunbergs, who um, are are the you know co-founders of, of On Stage for Kids as well. They um, we actually recorded uh, some videos uh, while we were doing some school shows in Michigan, and they had put them up online. And The Voice found those videos and contacted them and and they in turn contacted me and they said we want to have Josh on the show and so uh I had never seen the show before I didn't even I you know um I thought it was like a prank call or something I I, you know I mean I never I always thought of myself as more of a songwriter first a guitar player second a singer that was more of a utility thing was to get the words out and so I was just really surprised that they they wanted me on the show and uh and basically I said yes two weeks later I was out in LA um, and we were recording the, the blind auditions, which is the first tele- televised portion of the show. So I didn't even do really any other auditions. It was a bizarre thing to be thrown into um, because my career has been so built from the inside out. It's such a grassroots career. Um, this was like being dropped in this huge framework and having to kind of like figure out, you know, how to exist in that in that framework. Um, but it, honest, and you did very well. It, it went great. I, I finished third. Um, you know, for me, music is is it's way more important for music to be collaborative than competitive and so it was kind of a stretch for me that was an uncomfortable kind of spot to be in to be in a competition but it helped that the show's culture 
is very positive. It's very collaborative. It's it's like a big family there, and uh, I think they understand that that's why they're successful is because they're a very positive show. They're not trying to embarrass anybody, or they don't get their ratings off of like cutting people down. And so, um, so it was it was uh, it was a wild adventure. I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people, and uh, it's it's you know, it's helped me gain a lot of momentum. Yeah, I was going to ask how it's how it's, uh, it's played into your current career. Oh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. You know, it put me in front of a lot of people. And I didn't think that I was going to get very far on the show. Um, but it turned out that there's a lot of people that like what I do, you know. And so um, a lot more people than, you know. Uh, and like I said, I've been doing it for, for 15 plus years. And so, um, you know, I'm confident in what I do. I, I love what I do. But in a lot of ways, I think it's kind of a small market thing. Um, but this kind of proved that maybe it's not. And uh and I'm thankful for that. And, you know, it's allowing me to uh, to do more, to uh, work with, you know, I mean, it's allowing me to do more and, and hopefully to, to shine a light on, on uh, you know, some of these projects that I'm working on, some of the organizations that I work with, some of the good work that uh, is the core of a lot of my music. Yeah, and, and let's talk about a little bit different project than the uh, A Miracle of Birds, which is your latest album. And that, unlike being on The Voice, like you said, which was already an existing framework, uh, a massive audience, um, you know, some some sort of uh, mainstream uh, custom or mainstream framework to it. This was something that was much more of your grassroots. Yeah. How did talk to me about? Uh, just tell me, tell me the story about yeah, how this came absolutely, about. Absolutely. I um, th- so there's an organization called On the Ground, and uh, On the Ground does work with fair trade farming communities all over the world. Um, they do wonderful work. A lot of, um, they do work with a lot of coffee growing regions in Central and South America and Africa. They actually just got back from a, um, a trip focusing on gender equality in, in uh, the DRC in Congo, uh, which is really intense over there right now. And uh, um, so a few years ago, they called me up um, and I knew, I know, um, you know, a couple of the people in the organization pretty well. And they called me up and they said, you know, we are putting on this event, and it's it's uh, it's called the Run Across Palestine, and it's going to be a, a uh, an ultra marathon to raise funds and awareness for uh, Palestinian fair trade olive farming communities along the West Bank, and it's going to be five days, a marathon a day, 129 miles across the West Bank. And I said, you know, you got the wrong guy. I don't run. I'm lazy as hell, uh, and uh, and I'm a Jew, and I don't want to. You know, like I'm, you're not going to get me to go to the West Bank. Um, but you know, three months later I was, I was there, uh, they're, they're very persuasive. Um, so what I did there was fortunately I was not a runner that wouldn't have gone well for anybody. Um, but I, uh, I was kind of in this role of, of being kind of a cultural ambassador in some ways. So I, I brought a lot of what I do, my songs and stories from Michigan, from the States to the West Bank, uh, met up with, uh, Palestinian and Israeli uh, songwriters and singers and musicians and dancers and community leaders and we held these cultural exchanges in the evenings in these little farming villages along the run uh, so in the evening when the run was done we put on these like cultural exchanges where we would kind of you know build bridges through music in a lot of ways which is kind of my mo so that's that um it was it was something that i i i'm kind of amazed that i made the decision to go but i'm so glad that i did you know um uh, I was I was afraid in a lot of ways to be there as a Jew um, to be in the West Bank, but I was I was welcomed so warmly. Um, I made a lot of again I made a lot of friends I otherwise would never have made, and I came back with a bunch of uh, a bunch of songs that I'm I'm really proud of. Um, yeah, this is Phil Bossy. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm sp- speaking with Joshua Davis, who is a musician and can can I call you a community organizer, sure. community Absolutely. enabler? Please do. Uh, his latest just talking about his latest art. Uh, He's talking about his latest album, A Miracle of Birds, 
And let's go back to another song that you guys just recorded uh, earlier today in the X-Ray Studios. Yeah, this is another uh, brand new tune. It actually doesn't even have a name yet, doesn't have a title yet. Um, uh, working title, Shine a Light. And uh, it's another one that we recorded that uh, I don't think is going to be on the 7-inch, but, um, but maybe in line for a full-length album later in the, in the year. Let's take a listen. Drifting on your own, I can be your lighthouse key. I can see, see it all. Ooh, I will shine a light on these rivers and these valleys. Let me shine a light. Backwards and back at it. Take your time. Well, I'll stand strong and true in your own way. So far that you can't get up. The sun won't set without a rising. Oh, the sun won't set without a rising. I back up in your shoreline. All these rivers and these valleys that me shine a light. I'm backwards and back at it.
Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I am talking with musician Joshua Davis, who has been in Portland working with Ethos, a fantastic organization that helps music education for kids. Uh, Joshua's actually from Michigan uh, and, and works with nonprofits as well as his own nonprofit, On Stage for Kids. Um, you talked a little bit about this earlier in the show, but I want to go back to it some. Um, uh, the, the music education, arts education in Portland has been a very sensitive topic. That's what I understand. Uh, Portland is, a, is a, a city that loves its creativity, but paradoxically does not have funding in the public schools for arts and music. Uh, a number of great organizations, Ethos being one of them, step up into that, into that gap. And, and, and is that somewhat the same need that's, that's in Michigan and where you're from? Is, is that... Was that the impetus for starting uh, on stage for kids? Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's it's really um, I see it as a, as a dangerous it's a dangerous thing. It's it's um, uh, you know it's just not seen as a priority, and um, it's seen as as something that's extracurricular. It's something seen as something that's that's um, if if we can, great. It's icing on the cake. And in my mind, and and the way that I was raised, music was a very core and central part of of my life. Um, and not not just because I'm a musician, but but it. I mean, it, you know, it's it uh, affects the way you see the world. It affects the way you think about the world. It affects the way that uh, that you do everything. It affects the way your brain works and brain development. You know, I mean, it's been you know this has been proven, and and uh, it's also incredibly enjoyable, and it's it's a way to um, work with other people. I mean, there's um, you know. I mean, it's like athletics in a lot of ways in that way. It's it's a way to come together, you know, a, a student band or orchestra, a choir, you know. These are kids that have to listen to one another. They have to communicate in different ways, and it's so very important. And so in Michigan, we see a lot of uh, reduced funding or cut funding uh, for music programs. There's a lot of music programs that are uh, dying out. There's a lot of music programs that are cut, um, and uh, it's it's so unfortunate. So what we're trying to do is is not be um, not be a way for for districts to outsource uh, that stuff, but but to be uh, a, a boon uh, uh, to to get kids excited and to to show them that that um, you know some of these kids haven't even ever seen real music being played on a stage or like in front of them, you know, uh, and so that that in itself is like a it's kind of a mind blowing thing for some kids, you know, and and uh, so we're we're hoping to boost the music programs. We're hoping to show people that this is a, a, a really very important core you know, core thing that, that, uh, and not just music, but, but art, theater, dance, you know, I mean, all, all across the board, arts are so important. Absolutely. And, 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 and on taking this out, um, is there any suggestions or advice that you can give parents in terms of how to encourage support? I mean, you came from a home where obviously your, your parents were providing that, uh, that experience and that exposure to live music. You are helping bring that into the schools. What what can parents do? You know, I think I think um, you know talking to their school districts, talking to their schools. You know, seeing what the programs are. You know, if there are programs, working with groups like you know Ethos is is a is an incredible group that does a lot of great work. You know, uh, maybe you don't have the money for it, but there's a sliding scale. But also in in your house, you know, um, what what we we try to do is we try to set up those environments so that kids can be creative. So I have a I have a one year old and a ten year old, and and um, we have an art space that's just that's what it's for you know it's it's a crafting space it's an art space and it's just there all the time we're not worried about cleaning it up or we're not worried about it. it's just there and so it's it's important that kids have 
the ability to experiment with lots of different art forms because it's so good for them and it's going to help them figure out uh, you know, if they want to be involved in any of these, and maybe they don't, but but uh, but if they do, it's 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 really important that uh, that they're allowed the opportunity to. Joshua Davis, thank you so much for coming in the studio, and let's have one more song to take us out. Absolutely, this is a this is a um, it's a, it's a tune called "Everybody Goes Someday." It's my my children's song that I wrote about about death. It's kind of a small market thing. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. On the highway, and everybody goes, everybody knows, everybody goes someday, someday, everybody goes someday. Honey, if I die, will they give me just one more try? Will I come back again? I don't know. Maybe I'm turning to Kevin Crow, Kevin Crow, digging up pieces on the highway. Everybody goes, everybody knows, everybody goes someday, that's right. Everybody goes and everybody knows Everybody goes someday, someday Everybody goes someday Monday power down Will I go gentle, I can kiss goodbye What's up next to waiting in the wings Maybe I can listen to the angels sing Angels sing behind the curtain at the cabaret Everybody goes and everybody knows Everybody goes someday, that's right Woo! Paradise waits, paradise waits, all God's children only wait. Everybody goes, everybody knows, everybody goes someday, someday, everybody goes someday. Honey, power down, we'll have to wait a while to give it a try. Here the life begins in the garden gates, coming is fine, but paradise waits, paradise waits. All God's children only win Everybody goes and everybody knows Everybody goes Pushing up the daisies And everybody goes Everybody knows Everybody goes someday Someday Everybody goes someday Honey, power I down Will I go quiet that evening sky Is it all over with the sight and the sound They were all just dirt in the ground Dirt in the ground Laying around pushing up the daisies Everybody goes And everybody knows Everybody goes someday That's right Some great music from a group of people who are a lot of fun to be around and are doing some great work to make sure that children grow up experiencing the value of art and music in their lives. Now on to the other organization involved in Joshua Davis's benefit concert, 
We'll listen to a conversation Phil Bussey had with Adam Goodwin of Ethos Music. Here's Phil. It's Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm in the studio today with Adam Goodwin, who is the director of Ethos. Director of programs, yes. Director of programs at Ethos. Uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, you got it. So, so Ethos is almost 20 years old, correct? Yeah, we're getting there. That's that's fantastic. And I, I mean, I think uh, we'll talk about what Ethos is for those who don't know, and it and it is such an institution now in in Portland. I'd be surprised if people aren't familiar with you. But you started before the movie School of Rock, which sure. really popularized some of these music education uh, programs. Can you can you talk about how Ethos came together? Well, sure. Well, so first of all, well, it started before my time at Ethos. I've been around for the last seven years. And uh, when Ethos started in 1998, it was driven by uh, a, a very driven group of, uh, of idealists that... Um, uh, University of Portland alums who started classes out of University of Portland space. Um, so started real small. I mean, this is definition of grass, grassroots here. Uh, so, and really just grew from there. Finally got some space on Killingsworth. I uh, ended up moving into that, uh, into the building we're at now on Killingsworth and Williams. One of the, uh, one of the big projects that, uh, that drove the program in its early years was the rural outreach. So there was a double-decker bus that went all around the state. <laughs> and so there's a, yeah, there's lots of stories behind that bus you'll hear about. <laughs> does, does the bus still exist? It, uh, it does. It's, uh, it's down at Kells now, downtown. <laughs> I, I have seen that bus then. Absolutely. That's the one. And, and so what, what is, what need was there that, that people originally saw and, and does that need still exist? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so it, it was the uh, budget cuts that uh, in uh, in school districts that cut music programs, that that created the big need there. Um, and you know, I'd absolutely argue it still exists today. Um, we now have that arts uh, access fund that was passed a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of folks call it that arts tax, um, and that helps a ton. There's uh, there's tens more uh, music teachers uh, around. Uh, around the district, uh, or a couple districts in Portland. And, uh, you know, uh, so that's music teachers and, uh, other, you know, maybe visual arts or other types of arts teachers, but man, there's, uh, there's still room for so much more, right. Uh, be it in the school day or after school. Yeah. And, and I mean, arts and music aren't always treated as a fundamental. Sure. And can you make an argument that they are? Well, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to, I mean, think of a uh, think of where our organization's name came from, Ethos. What that's uh, what that's meant to mean is uh, is that Greek doctrine that learning music will uh, enrich all parts of your life. You know, your social interactions, learning other uh, other disciplines in school, uh, whatever it may be, it'll enrich yeah all parts of your life, and uh, music really ties it all together. And and uh, talk to me then have has the programming changed over the 18 years or or the uh almost decade that you've been involved um or or is is it stayed the same uh sure well you know it's a as it as with any nonprofit, uh there's always there's always adapting right <laughs> so um you know, I, I think the the main trajectory trajectory is that we have grown. Um, like that rural program that started with that double decker bus, just doing uh doing concerts and uh, maybe you know workshops or residencies, growing that way, uh, is now a full fledged AmeriCorps program. 
Uh, there's 10 AmeriCorps members now living in rural towns. Um, so I think that's a great example of growth. Um, you know, uh, uh, we continue to to upgrade and uh, and renovate our main center down the street, and uh, you know our student base keeps on growing. So. And and let's let's go back to maybe just some of the basics then. So who who are you serving? You've you've talked about the outreach program uh, to rural areas. Um, are you serving the North Portland area? Is it people that are walking in, or or are you going to them? Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, really, it's all those. Um, so I guess let me explain it by by our three main programs. I've talked about our rural program that now has those ten AmeriCorps members living in rural towns. We call that Music Across Oregon. Uh, consider our second program, uh, Music Corps. That's outreach at schools in Portland or the greater Portland area. Um, that's funded by a city grant, um, so kids get to take those classes for free. Um, it's through the Portland Children's Levy. They've been very good to us. Um, and then thirdly, um, we do classes at our main center, which is you know folks coming to us. And uh, most of those are families from north, northeast Portland. But, uh, you know, we get folks coming from Beaverton or, gosh, even like Troutdale at times. <laughs> and and how many, you have numbers on, on how many kids have been served? Sure, I, sure, I got some rough numbers. Um, so, I mean, if you're considering all of our programs, we're looking at about 7,000 kids wow. every year. Yep, but um, but several hundred at the at the main center. So we're talking uh, we're talking more like seven fifty or so at the at the main center coming through, um, in a term. And then uh, in our outreach the uh, outreach classes in Portland Music Corps, uh, we'll serve about five hundred. It's a lot of bands that you're making. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what and and talk about are are, are when uh, kids come in. Are they, do you give them certain instruments to learn how to play? Uh, do personality types go towards certain types of instruments? Well, sure. I mean, gosh, if, if a parent or student's asking me, what instrument should, should I play? I mean, it's a, it's a simple answer. It's what do you like the sound of, right? <laughs> so you, you can usually get a, uh, get a kid to choose decently easily. Um, but, uh, you know, every once in a while you get the parent who wants the kid to learn piano. Right, and that's great. Uh, there's, you can't go wrong with piano lessons. Um, but you know, we we, we have a uh, we have different like our group classes, for example, are a good way to try something out, get your feet wet. Same with uh, summer camps. You know, it's just a week long uh, commitment, nothing nothing super long. So good way to try it out and see uh, see if it's something you like. Yeah, it's funny. I I grew up playing piano and 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 violin, and and about two years ago decided that I'd try to learn the drums. Sure. And, uh, and, and, you know, I've bought a drum kit and, and I have been shocked how difficult the drums are, like how, how complicated they are and, and even trying to listen to songs and pick out what the beat is. Well, hey, I mean, uh, <laughs> what I've found is uh, some of the students that, uh, you know, practice the least are the adult students coming through. You're busy, I take it, huh? <laughs> sure. Busy guy. <laughs> adults, I mean, they, they, they're, they're busier than kids a lot of the time, right? So adults are the ones that practice the least, man. <laughs> so learning an instrument as an adult is the easiest thing. <laughs> this is Phil Bossy. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm talking with Adam Go- uh, Goodwin, who's the Director of Programs at Etho- Ethos. And you guys just had an event and you have some events coming up. Oh, geez. There's always events coming up. Uh, one of the most proximate ones is uh, our student rock band showcase coming up. Uh, uh, McManaman's Kennedy School donates the space to us. Um, so we'll be there on Monday, March 14th. But uh, gosh, a, a big one for us. The 14th of the next month, April, is our big fundraiser gala. 
And you uh, you have a song that that's going to that's that's going to be played at that gala. Oh yeah, we got a whole slew of music. But uh, when we were in our early stages of planning, it was uh, right around when David Bowie passed away. So we're like, oh man, it was a pretty easy choice for us to choose "Heroes" by David Bowie to open the show. Let's take a listen.
That was, of course, David Bowie, Heroes. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I'm talking with Adam Goodwin, who is the Director of Programming at Ethos. Let, let's talk a little bit, Adam, about how, how did you get started playing music? What, what, what instruments do you play? Sure. Uh, guitar is my main instrument, uh, and I get around the rock instruments. I'll get around keys and drums and bass all right. Um, but I started off in uh, started off in elementary school. I was lucky enough to have uh, band programs going through you know elementary, middle, and high school. Um, so I took that track, started on clarinet, um, ended up wanting to switch to brass midway. So middle school, I was doing French horn, had a blast with it. That's a lot. That's that's you are a one man band. <laughs> uh, sure, could put put some multi track recordings together and uh, <laughs> call it a band. <laughs> then how did you uh, come to Ethos? You 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 mentioned earlier that it is uh, came about from a lot of University of Portland graduates who were volunteering. Sure. Saw a need after some of the arts and music had been cut from Portland public schools. Yeah. You went to University of Portland as well. Absolutely. You've done your research, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's, is that your connection to Ethos? Or? It is. It is. It was, a, it was a cool program that, uh, that the university had going on that uh, Ethos hooked up with. It was a community, st- uh, community service work-study program. Um, so I was volunteering at Ethos. They didn't have to pay me. And I was getting paid work-study through the, through the university. Um, so, you know, started doing doing little things like giving trombones a bath and <laughs> inventorying instruments. Uh, and, yeah, started small like that. Uh, did you expect this to become your career? Uh, you know, it was a uh, it was definitely a bit of a surprise, right? Um, I continually feel very lucky um, to be to be um, you know to well one have a job related to music. That's a dream, um, and you know to be part of such a such a great organization where uh, I don't know you can uh, you know obviously use your music skills, but um, I, I enjoy connecting with people so much. Um, I, I feel lucky to be a part of it. So, so we we had Joshua Davis uh, in the studio recently, and and he spent a good amount of time when he was here in Portland with you and with and and doing some work for yeah. Ethos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, so their folks got a hold of us. They work for an organization called On Stage for Kids, right? Uh, they got a hold of me. Um, here in Portland, uh, hoping that we could hook them up with uh, with some school assemblies, book some assemblies with schools that we have a relationship with. Um, so yeah, we we set those up and uh, and took them out around the schools. Uh, brought our brought our sound system and everything. Uh, and that's got, I mean, it's got to be really nice because it's like they're coming out from Michigan. Uh, it 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 must feel uh, affirming that somebody else is out there doing some of the same work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, when when we were talking about each of our programs, uh, it was remarkable how much we ended up agreeing <laughs> about things, you know, talking about the importance of uh uh the importance of these programs and finishing each other's sentences <laughs> as we talked about it. What just just to take us out here is is there a piece of advice that you give to parents or that you give to, to kids about when they're first starting music or they're they're getting engaged with it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, one the biggest uh, biggest part of it for students, uh, you know, succeeding and actually, you know, getting their practice in, is having a good time. You know, choose an instrument you like, play music you like, um, find a teacher you like, <laughs> and have a good time with it. Because uh, you know that's where uh, that's where you're really gonna you know start putting in the work and and find all those benefits that we always hear about music education. Adam Goodwin, Director of Programming from Ethos, thank you so much for coming in, and thank you for all the great work that Ethos does. Yeah, you got it. And do you have one more song to take us out? 
Oh, sure. Um, well, I've been excited about our uh, jazz ensemble that we've uh, put back together uh, the last few months here. And uh, I was hearing him play Freddie Freeloader, Miles Davis, the other day. So let's take it out on that. Great choice.
We've now come to the end of this week's Nonprofit Hour show. Remember, if you'd like to attend a live recording of the Nonprofit Hour show, come on out to the Waypost on North Williams this Sunday, February 28th at 4 p.m. for interviews, a little politics, and some live music performances. We hope to see you there. The show has been produced and edited by myself, Jason Dennington, and is recorded at the production studios of X-Ray FM. You can follow us on Facebook or via our Twitter handle, at Nonprofit Hour, and find archives of past shows on our SoundCloud page. If you'd like to suggest an organization that you think should be profiled on our show, you can send me your thoughts via email to nph at mediamakingchange.org. We'd like to thank our guests on the show this week, Mary Pevito of Neighbors for Clean Air, Joshua Davis with On Stage for Kids, and Adam Goodwin from Ethos Music. We'd also like to thank the Media Institute for Social Change, our regular hosts, Phil Bussey and Julie Falk, KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM, and most of all, to you, our regular listeners. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a great week, and join us again next week at noon on Monday for the Nonprofit Hour Show.